This is Lewis Riddick of ESPN. You are listening to the SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation. Welcome to your Steeler Nation vidcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises, part of the Big Play Podcast Network on YouTube, and welcome to the mandatory vidcast for the first day of mandatory minicamp. Lots of news coming out today, especially the timing that we've just gotten on practices returning to St. Vincent. So players will be returning on the 26th of July. 27th of July will be the first open practice to the public in two damn years. Going back there to St. Vincent's, three years since it's been to St. Vincent's. I'm excited for that. I know I'm going to be out there. I don't know if I'm going to be out there for the first practice, but I know for sure I am going to be out there. (laughs) And I will let you know, Steeler Nation. We can hang out, talk Steelers, have a good time. A couple uh, interesting nights that were noted by Brooke Pryor at B-E-P-R-Y-O-R over on Twitter. Uh, Steelers annual night practice at training camp will be August 5th at St. Vincent's. It's almost like a live Offense versus defenses are always the most fun to watch uh, at training camp. Uh, so start circling accounted. The first padded practice will be August 1st. So August 5th for the night, the night practice, August 1st for the padded pack practice. So we can start seeing the thuds and knowing some things are going to start and hang and start really getting back to football again. And I'm excited again. I'll tell you guys, I don't know how you are and how you're feeling. Sound off Steeler Nation. This is your show, as it always is. Michael Hall, we are live. Let's go, Stryker. Let's go, Michael Hall. Always great having you on the cast, my friend. George, welcome to the show. Hello. Go Steelers. Yeah, I know all my people, George. You look like a newer person. We're happy to have you. If you are on Steeler Nation on the football forum, shoot us your handles, guys. That way we know who you are on the forum. That's where we take all our questions, Steeler Nation. For the podcast that airs on Friday on DK Pittsburgh Sports, Saturday usually on SteelerNation.com. Um, make sure to sign up for that football forum at SteelerNation.com. It is free. It is fun. You can join and get perks if you want to add some money to help out Steeler Nation and their costs to run the servers. But joining is free if you want to ask some questions. That's a great way to do it. Michael Hall, again, good title for today's vidcast. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> That's the way we got to go. Got to be mandatory. We got to be in our seats. It's time for the fans to start doing our part, too. Enjoy that, man. Thank you. Um, Michael, sad for no more to it. Kind of got excited and hoping he would return. So I was dead wrong. Uh, I know we're going to have um, – uh, I, I I forget the, the guy I was talking with on last week on the vidcast. I thought for sure. I said, put it, put your money on it. To it's going to be here. He's going to be here. Mandatory minicamp on Tuesday. Non-issue. But his vote was he's not going to be there. Neither of us foresaw to it retiring. That was a big, big surprise to everyone. No one thought that to it was going to retire. We've heard of times when he was at in Pittsburgh, training at the facility, talking with his coaches, talking with the, the uh, players. Oh, a lot of the players, Alu Alu and, and Hayward, were kind of blindsided by it, man. So. I'm not faulting the guy. He said he was 50-50 on coming back anyway. And honestly, the guy seemed 50-50 at times when he was on the roster. (laughs) I mean, I love the guy when he was in there. He was productive as hell, and he's an excellent player. Tough guy to replace. But outside of that, it is much tougher um, 
to have a guy on the roster that doesn't want to be there. That is just something we have to face the fact of Steel Nation not going to be there. So, you know, and George, I see you're talking about it too. I was hopeful for Tuit's return. Would have been great. Yeah. Everything would have been in a row. But at least, George, we we made the moves these last two years. Two years ago, sign-in, trading for Wormley, who ended up starting last year, put up his best numbers ever. Made that trade worth it. Intradivisional trade, we gave him a draft pick for a guy that ended up being a starter for us last year. He held the line. He did a good job. He has room to improve. We also went and drafted, moved up in the draft two years ago to grab Loudermilk. Loudermilk showed good progress through that first part of the season. He's looking good. I'm I'm hopeful for Loudermilk's pro- progression. The size of there, he packs on a little bit more weight. He'll be more stout against the run. He already can rush the passer. Then we drafted a guy in Liao this year. We already know that guy can get after the run. We already know that guy is disruptive in the backfield. Not necessarily as good at getting to the to the quarterback as maybe Warmly and Loudermilk right now at their point this point in their careers, but he's on the roster for the full purpose of the Steelers trying to lock down that defensive line just in case to it didn't come back this year. And that is what happened, and that is what we're dealing with now. But we've already got four guys in place on our on our defensive end positions, and that's usually all we carry on the roster. We usually carry Four defensive, active defensive ends on the roster. That's Wormley and Hayward starting on the outside. Your backup's on the inside. Going to have Loudermilk. You're going to have Layout. So might add another guy, maybe in free free agency. Uh, Indomica Sue is still there. Uh, Okeechobee's still out there. I mean, there's still some options of players that are decent bets. They can bring be bring, bring brought in to help out and still solidify this defensive line. Cooley, man. How you doing, Robert, man? Good to hear from you. I knew we should have drafted Logan Hall to replace to it. Can't argue. Hindsight's hindsight is always 2020. Always. <laughs> now we look stupid, but the Steelers did still address defensive end in the top three picks. Was on the radar. I don't necessarily know if I if I would really have wanted to go defensive end above Kenny Pickett or above Pickens. I don't know. I mean, that's we can argue either way. If both of those guys end up being the guys for us, yes, then that hindsight argument will even be more fun to have later in the future. But right now, we got who we got, and we still did make the make a day two um, effort to solidify the defensive line just in case two, it didn't come back to it's not coming back. So now, cause we might've carried five. Usually we carry four. I guess we technically had five last year too, since two, it was kind of like on the Lottie Dara. I guess technically he was on injured reserve. So he didn't count as a roster spot. No, we still have the four. So yeah, that is, yeah, it's a joke sort of. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for me getting around. It was a joke. Uh, answering your question seriously first, you bastard. <laughs> Michael Hall. Well, on that note, thank you, Stefan Tuit, for eight years of service to the black and gold. We always enjoyed having you around and dedicated your craft every Sunday, Monday, and Thursdays. Enjoy retirement. Well said. Well said, Michael Hall. Could not have said it better myself. And I will leave it at that for this one. Uh, George, I do like Loudermilk and Adams. Yes, Adams does play interior, though. He he plays nose. So he doesn't play the same spot that Tuit played. 
A uh, couple people, I saw some tweets going out asking, oh, bring back Hargrave. Let's trade for Hargrave. And Hargrave was great because he played both nose and then switched to end when Tuit went down that one year. And he was phenomenal at end for us that year that Tuit went down. Um, only problem now is the money that's tied up. I think he's in the last year of his contract in Philly. If they would get rid of him, I, I looked up the numbers. It's going to cost them around 17 mil just to get rid of him. And a guy that's productive on a roster, you're not going to eat that much cap unless you're getting first-round draft picks. And Steelers aren't giving first-round draft picks for Hargrave. Great player. Love Gravedigger. Don't get me wrong. I loved me some Gravedigger. He got me excited. Um, but not worth a first-rounder. I'll wait until free agency next year because we're going to have that slot open. We're going to have a nose tackle slot open. I'd be all for bringing Hargrave back to play nose and swing out to the edge as well. That might be a guy to look out for next year. J.J. Watt's going to be active and free agent next year. Maybe his other brothers can have him come to Pittsburgh. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Robert, would you seriously consider bringing in Sue? Never liked him, but the right money, maybe. Yes. Yes, I would, Robert. Um, I think he's one of the strongest players to ever play in the NFL. I saw him get penalties just from pushing quarterbacks too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing illegal about the play, not getting fined for it in the after fact, but getting a personnel personal foul penalty for pushing a quarterback so hard that their whole upper body goes slamming into the turf and it looks like they're dead. <laughs> the guy is just an absolute monster. He's amazing against the rush. He's a, one of the biggest reasons why Tampa Bay was at the tops in the league on rushing defense. We're at the bottom of the league on rushing defense. One guy, and Dominica Sue could make us into the top part of the league on rushing defense. Just in that single change. I've no doubt about that. He'd also be able to play nose or end in our alignment. So I would bring him in in a heartbeat. Now, I know he made 9 mil last year. He's looking for that kind of money again this year, it sounds like. But if the Steelers give him an offer and the offer is somewhere like this. All right, so you're getting up there in years. You're a great player. You can make us better. But we are going to promise you, you only have to be on the field 50% of the time as opposed to the 80-90% of the time he was on the field for his entire career. We're going to pay you less, 5 to 7 mil, instead of that 9 to 12 you're looking for. But you get to extend your career, keep your health, play for a winning franchise, and hopefully a Super Bowl. That's the offer. If he goes for five to seven mil on half the snaps, that's fine. I'd even write into the contract, if you end up getting higher snaps, if somebody gets hurt ahead of you, you got to play more snaps, you're going to get paid more money. That can escalate up to 10 mil, in my opinion, still a steal. Why? Because I just gone over the salary cap right before the show. <laughs> and I'm a numbers guy. So we're currently sitting at nine mil under the cap without any restructures. And that is the full roster. Now, if we sign Kenny Pickett, two and a half mil come off of that, we drop down to six and a half. Complete roster. But rule of 51, we're 19 and a half million under the cap. We can still sign an upper echelon contract. Now, the uh, we don't have to worry about the escalation clauses. Like I said, if it, we're signing them to a 5-7 mil, that's what we're locking them into. That's what it will show up on the salary cap. The LTBE, the likely to be obtained, not likely to be obtained 
clauses get put in, it would be a not likely because it's an escalation clause on amount of snaps played. So it wouldn't pay out this year. It would pay out either at the end of the year or next year. So not a problem. Easily being able to sign him underneath. Once we sign Kenny Pickett, we will be at 17 mil under the cap rule of 51. This is more money than the Steelers have ever had. And we had an active as hell free agency. We might be still waiting until roster cut downs at the end of the season. There's always surprise cuts. There's always great players leaving rosters at the end of the, at the at, right at the beginning of the of the start of the season when you finalize rosters, just for other teams trying to dump salary, get rid of players that maybe they feel aren't going to fit their system as well anymore. Coaching changes, things like that. That could happen. But the Steelers are positioned so damn well this year. I absolutely love it, Robert. Absolutely love it. And I'm all for it. All for it. Michael Hall. Rookie contract details released. I'll get you the numbers for them. Oh, I have them all. I go to Spotrack or Spot Track, Spot Rack, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, they have it all listed. Uh, SPOTRAC.com. You click on the Steelers. You drag down to the... Uh, uh, projected draft cap pool. Everybody is signed except for Kenny Pickett. And that's why I picked out that two and a half million number because that's what Spot Track has him listed as 2.557801. Two million, essentially two and a half million, a little bit over two and a half million, under 2.6 mil. That's going to be his cap hit. Everybody else is signed on the roster currently and showing up on our current roster on Spot Track. George Pickens was 1.2 mil. Leal was just under a million, 941,000. Austin, 831,000. Only counting 126 against the cap with rule of 51. Um, Connor Hayward, 743,000. Only counting 38,000 against the 51. Mark Robinson, 733,000. Only counting 28,000 against the cap. Chris Elodikin, same, 727. Counting 22 against the cap under rule of 51. So we already know what the numbers are going to be for Pickett. He's not officially listed on this roster yet for the official um, uh, cap that we have, but we know what the amount's going to be because it's slotted. You're not going to make any more or less than the players ahead of you. You are locked into the amount of money you're going to make because that's the way the NFLPA has assigned these things. So great. So no need to look it up. We got it. Um, Robert, JJ, TJ, and Derek. I'd like that. Man, I was calling for it the beginning before last year when J when they when Houston was up for moving JJ. I wanted to trade to it for JJ just to get all the brothers on the team. I didn't know to it was going to be an issue. Uh he had a great season that season too. Anyway, that was the season before his, his brother died. Uh, and I think that was his best season. He had 11 sacks. That would have been a great trade because we would have dumped a salary. We'd have brothers on the same team. I know I know JJ got hurt as well, but he still played a majority of the season as opposed to not at all in the season and came back from the playoffs. He's a tough guy. These Watts, they're made out of they're made out of steel. <laughs> That's why we got to get him to the Steelers too. But I'm hoping we can find a way. If we don't trade for him this year, which I think it's still an outside possibility to trade for him, I think he'd only count 11 mil against the cap. But if not, we have plenty of room next year to sign him and have all the brothers on the same team next year. If we re-sign Derek as well, Derek, I think would have to take a severe pay cut if he's going to retain and still be a Pittsburgh Steeler moving forward, unless he shows 
unless Canada starts utilizing the freaking fullback. Because this guy's damn athletic, and we are underutilizing his athleticism. He can catch passes out of the backfield, which he was open last year and never was hit. And he was used more earlier in the season than not used at all toward down the end. I don't know what's going on with that. But if they figure out a way to use him, he's productive. Yes, he's worth the four mil a season. Until that point, it's tough. I know your top special teams coverage guy is usually gets paid around that. That's still what Big Red's making up there in uh, in Buffalo and used to be on our roster. So, you know, and he's utilized even less in Buffalo outside of special teams. At least we have spots for Derek Watt to get on the field here. Uh, Calvin Austin, four years, $4.16 million. Yep, and that works out to this year under his cap. It's a 705 base salary, $126 million a year signing bonus spread out across those four years. So essentially, you know, $500,000 signing bonus across four years. Um, so, you know, that works out pretty good. But yeah, that's pretty much what that's slotted into. Michael, I'll pick. Okay, good. You're going down at two. Awesome. Yep, I know we talked about that. So we're good to go. Uh, DJ or Minka, who has the bigger op priority to re-sign? That's a good question, man. That's a really good question, Robert. I mean, I, I I think they're, to me, I think they're both equally high priority signs. I think they're both as valuable to offense. I think DJ is as valuable to offense as Minka Fitzpatrick is as valuable to this defense. Both of these guys make us a better player moving forward, and both of these players you lock down this year. So I say both. But if you got to have me split hairs, I got to go with Minka. Um, he, it's already kind of, we. he's on his fifth-year option. He's not going to play on his fifth-year option, just like Watt didn't play on his fifth-year option. We're going to sign him to the extension, what it's called. Technically, they do play on their fifth-year option, but everything comes down because of the signing bonuses and all that. So the question is going to be, who gets paid more, Robert? I think both are going to get contracts this year. Who's going to get paid more this year? I'm thinking that both are going to be hovering right around 19 mil a year. Both of them. It's going to make Micah Fitzpatrick the highest paid safety in the league. It's going to make Deontay Johnson happy for having a longer term contract, but he's not going to be one of the top highest paid uh, wide receivers in the league. Fortunately, he's not getting that 25 mil to 28 mil range contract yet because the Steelers aren't stupid. 18 to 19 million, lock them down. Because that number is just going to keep shooting up every year. It, it's it's going to get to 30 mil for a year for freaking receivers here in the next two years, which is going to be insane. It's going to be to the point where the Steelers just going to be like, screw it. We're not going to have receivers on second contracts. We're just going to keep drafting them and rotating them. And they have no problem doing it so far. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, yeah. If I, if I got to split hairs, it's tougher for us to find safeties than it is wide receivers also. But DJ is special. Guys, a lot of you guys that, that don't really respect and say we should trade DJ for first rounders, this guy's putting up better numbers than any X receiver we've ever had. Three years into his career, he's already a pro bowler. No X receiver we've ever had has done that as a receiver. AV made it in the second year as a returner. Still had good stats. Still way less than what what um, DJ had. And of course, DJ hit the 100 reception mark earlier in his career for a season than AB. 
So, you know, there we go. If we got to split hairs, DJ is special. And the guy just gets open. And with these new quarterbacks that we have, he's got he's going to be the safety valve for these new quarterbacks trying to be successful in our system. He's going to be open for them. And that is really, really important moving forward to developing and creating a, an identity on offense because we are going to be a rushing attack. We're going to be a Najee Harris offense. But play action, DJ. He's going to be open every time. And that's you got to lock a guy like that down. Like, to me, it's a no-brainer. Like, deep receivers, I think they're replaceable. A, a quick area, shorty area, quickness guy that's open at the, at the largest percentage rate in the NFL off his first break, you lock that guy down. You lock him down. You laugh all the way to the bank. Michael Hall, Pickens, yep, four years, 475, two million signing bonus, yep, and that's over four years, so that comes out to about 250 mil a year right on Pickens. Yep, uh, or sorry, geez, 500,000 a year on signing bonus. Yep, and so 522 on the signing bonus. Still 705 base salary, and that's interesting. All the base salaries are the same on all these players, 705. The only thing difference is, difference is the signing bonuses. So that, I guess that's the way they do salaries now for uh, for players. That's interesting to me. Just notice that. Make up more than DJ. Yep, everybody. To me, it's it's close. To me, it's nearly. It's like this. It's like you're having me like choose Minka. I did choose Minka, but like Minka's like here. <laughs> and DJ's like here. But both of them are must signs in my opinion. Absolute must sign. Excellent question. Excellent question, Cooley. Um, Michael Hall, I got my info from a different fan site then. Um, the other one that I utilize is I think is OTA. It's called, let me see what it's called. I have two sites that I use, and they're, they're still the right numbers. I'm just going off of the numbers that are counted for this year. You're doing the complete um, the complete contracts, which I can look up individually. Um, over the cap, is OTC is the other website that I normally use for going through for caps and uh, checking out contracts, doing the math to figure out how much money players save if they leave the team or if we pick somebody up, so... So that's always the way. Stay to the Steelers. What up, Steeler Nation? What up, Steelers? Good to hear from you, man. Always. Not a problem, man. Not a problem. Um, Michael Hall, what are your thoughts on Carl Nassib and Gerald McCoy? Now, Nassib, I liked him. I remember him um, coming in out of college. A lot of us were talking about him on uh, SteelerNation.com. Um, he would be a good option coming in and being able to play for the defensive end position. I, I know I, you know, Sue is one I was talking about. I'm going to go over here too, uh, and open up the free agent list on, on Spotrack because that's where I was pulling a lot of my guys from. Um, so let me click on, I know it takes a little bit of time for some reason when you click over on free agent stuff, it just takes a little bit of time to roll through. Um, there it goes. And we'll do positions. We're going to do defense, defensive line. I'm going to do complete defensive line for all teams for 2022. Uh, and we'll update this and we'll see what these are rolling down to. But I, I know, uh, when I came down through and scrolled down, uh, Jason Pierre Paul is still there. Brandon Williams and Dominica Sue, Carl Nassib, um, Star Latulier is still there. Uh, Okunjobi is who I talked about as well. I believe we had him in already for a tryout. Didn't sign him. So I thought he'd be a guy too that really fits kind of like what we do in our system. Um, and then who else did you mention? I'm sorry, I, I'm not looking at your screen right now. Uh, Gerald McCoy. Uh, I wasn't even looking at McCoy. 
to tell you the truth. I didn't even know that he was even a free agent. He is. Okay, from Las Vegas. All right, let me look up McCoy's numbers here because he's not one that I was looking at extensively yet. Stats. So I'm going to look up his stats here quick. I remember liking uh, Nasib's stats as well. Still not as good as to it. Nowhere, like, none of these guys are as good as to it. Sue gives us the most kind of numbers kind of close to there to help us out. Um, so let me go here. Pro, pro football reference. Looking at his stuff here, yeah. Wow, yeah, McCoy would be a good option. Left defensive tackle. So he played some defensive end as well, too, with Carolina two years ago. Made the Pro Bowl multiple years. Yeah. And he, he's, he's been a multiple sack, like nine and a half sacks, eight and a half sacks, eight and a half sacks, seven, six, six, and five every year up until getting hurt with Las Vegas Raiders last year. He is now 34 years old. Didn't play during the COVID year. Um, so now we have him essentially three years removed from any notable stats. I think he could be signed on the cheap. I'm just not expecting anything from him. And I don't know if he's in football shape. Um, a guy only playing one game in one game and not even starting it in three years. This will be his third year counting this year, but we haven't played any games yet this year. So in two full seasons, he's only played in one game. That's, that's a flag for me. It says, yeah, we can get him for cheap, but is he going to help us? I don't know. I, he's, he'd be as much of a question mark as anybody we drafted at this point. Kenny Beamer, let's go. Let's go, Kenny. Good to hear from you, man. Always great to have you on the show. Michael Hall, Eisen said he would love to see Kenny to start game one. Yeah, he'd like it. I, I'm not seeing it happening yet. He's got two people to make it through on the roster so far. So far, they have him at least from mandatory minicamp, solidly behind Trubisky who is solidly behind Rudolph, who is solidly behind Kenny Pickett. So Kenny Pickett's the third in that order. Sorry, I just should have said it backwards. Because <laughs> Kenny Pickett is solidly behind Rudolph, who is solidly behind Trubisky right now at this point. From the way people are watching it, mandatory minicamp, we're going to have more eyes on mandatory minicamp with a lot of the people that are reporting for our different Steelers uh, news outlets. So we're going to hear a little bit more about how they're going, if there's going to be any rotation of the quarterbacks through the team's and then, of course, it may end up being all open rotation during training camp. That might be what they're waiting for, but I don't know. We'll have to see. Eisen is a jackass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's a he's Eisen is an entertainer. He's like me. Like I am a Steeler fan. I'm very knowledgeable on Steelers news, salary cap, roster, history. But I am also an entertainer. Entertainers have to say things at certain times which may go against what people think about or what people would accept. Uh, you know, if Eisen is saying that it's his personal feelings, I'm fine with it. Like, it doesn't bother me. Never bothered me when uh, Colin Coward was like, saying that the Steelers beating his Seahawks didn't count as a Super Bowl victory and the last Super Bowl champion is still New England. Like, yeah, yeah, I got a little upset with it right when he first said it, but I'm like, this guy's a joke. I mean, he's obviously from the Northwest. He's pissed off that his team lost and he's got to lash out and he's doing it in a comical way. Outside of my fandom, I saw the comedy in it. I enjoyed it. He's an entertainer. They're sports entertainers. Like, 
a lot of these people that are doing podcasts for Steelers guys, they're just doing news. You want to go listen to DK's stuff, you're going to get news. You want to listen to our stuff, you're going to get some humor with it. We're going to talk about beer. We're going to talk about body fluids. We're going to talk about jobs. We're going to talk about just about anything. Like whatever pops up, we talk about on our show because we're an entertaining Steeler news source. But we are your vidcast. We are your podcast. And I am so happy to have you guys in my life because it's so fun to talk to you. It really is. George, Trubisky will start game one. I'm with you on that one. I completely believe, and that's what I've been saying since the offseason, he is in position to start game one. From what everybody is reporting so far in OTAs, they said he looks like a guy that was drafted second in a draft and that's been a veteran in this league and that has run a team before. You can't argue with that. His consistency, and they, they, they talk about his consistency of his throws. He doesn't make a bad throw. He's just always consistent. And to be consistent is how you get jobs and you lock down your jobs in the NFL. No one was more consistent than Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger had a consistent ball every damn time he threw it. Like, I remember other starting quarterbacks, like great starting quarterbacks. Donovan McNabb. I watched Donovan McNabb, and if you say that the, the term worm burner in Philadelphia, they know exactly what you're talking about. Because every once in a while, Donovan McNabb would just throw the ball straight at the feet of a wide-open receiver in a flat. And they called them worm burners. Ben Roethlisberger never did that. He might have an errant pass here and there. That happens. But not just consistent worm burners. <laughs> that would happen multiple times a game. He, he'd have it, he was an inconsistent, consistent quarterback. And he was a great quarterback. Trubisky is more consistent than that. So that's the interesting aspect. I'm kind of excited, especially watching him with these talented receivers on a Najee Harris offense, taking the pressure off of our quarterback this season. We're doing it the right way, Steeler Nation. Our front office is smart. We beefed up the offensive line. We've got a Pro Bowl running back, and we got him in his rookie contract. Now, we can kind of put whoever we want at quarterback. It doesn't really matter. if, As long as they can still run that offense and run it efficiently, they can take snaps under center. They can run play action. They are way more mobile than Ben Roethlisberger ever was. Well, not ever. But at least that he has been in the past 10 years. And Steeler Nation, be ready to watch some quarterback sneaks this year. That play exists? Yes. <laughs> it exists for any team other than the Pittsburgh Steelers being run by Ben Roethlisberger. The quarterback sneak is a valid option this season. And I can't wait to see it again. Because damn it, does that piss me off not being able to run a damn quarterback sneak with one of the tallest quarterbacks in the league behind Pouncey and DeCastro, two of the best offensive linemen in the league, and never being able to do it? That pissed me off. That's one of the biggest shortcomings of our offensive coordinators of the past 10 years. <laughs> but let me get off my high horse and my rant <laughs> and get back to your questions, Steeler Nation. We'll love to see how training camp and preseason go and have a good idea on the quarterback order. That is true, George. And um, that was kind of the stuff that I was starting to talk about um, 
First practice starting up on July 26th is when uh, players report. 27th is first open practice to the public. First padded practice is August 1st. First night practice, August 5th. At St. Vincent's, back at the college. Guys, in the area that started Latrobe and and uh, Labatt Blue Brewing Company area. No, it's not Labatt's. Damn it. No, Rolling Rock. Rolling Rock. That's where it started. Now it's in damn Jersey. What the hell? <sighs> All right. Well, then I'm not drinking Rolling Rock. Actually, I haven't drank Rolling Rock since it moved to Jersey. So screw them. But it used to be from that area. <laughs> I'll just drink my ICs. Keep it there. But can't wait for it to come back to St. Vincent's. I'm going to be there. I'll let you guys know when I'm going. I'll put it up on my social media. I'll talk about it on the vidcast. I'll talk about it on the podcast. Uh, but it'd be fun to see you guys there too. A um, couple other quick things here that I, I found uh, on the internet through my research. I didn't put it up on my sheet because I've been so damn busy today. But the Hall of Honor class will be revealed during training camp. Put this date on your calendar, July 30th. That will be the new Hall of Honor players being induct, abduct, abducted, inducted to the Pittsburgh Steeler Hall of Honor this season will be announced on July 30th. So that's that's always fun to talk about um, the new players coming into the Hall of Honor because they're not always Hall of Famers and they're players that we love that just never really got that recognition that they deserved. Great player like Lloyd. Lloyd deserves to be recognized as the great player that he is. Farrier. You know, these players that might not make the Hall of Fame, but they were great, great players. It's such a great thing to have with our team. Um, national TV uh, games were just announced for the preseason. We have one preseason national, nationally broadcasted game that will be on August 28th against the Lions. Lions Steelers probably won't end in a tie because... It's preseason. See, I they should just have a rule in preseason. I don't know why there isn't a rule that the game can't end in a freaking tie for preseason. There's no reason to play in overtime in preseason. Zero. And usually they go for two to try to make it so you can't go to overtime anyway if they score late in the game or try to get to a point of, of getting there. But it should just be a rule. Game's over. And, and you can carry a tie because it's freaking preseason. The records don't mean crap. Let, let ties happen. Now, I don't like them happening at all in the regular season. Got to find a way to get rid of that crap. Shortening the uh, overtime period from 15 minutes down to 10 and giving teams multiple possessions ain't the way to do it, NFL. That's how you increase ties in the NFL. Get rid of the ties, people. Keep the ties on the front office people and the broadcasters and take them off the damn field. That's what I say. What say you, Steeler Nation? A uh, couple other things. Najee was joking when he was talking about his weight. Uh, he said he was 242 last year. He's up to 247 this year, or 244, he says now. Um, he said he's probably going to be – they were making jokes about him being the size of Jerome Bettis. Um, and he's like, you guys are like comparing me to Jerome Bettis, and I'm not. You're making it seem like I'm fat as hell. You all get under my skin. I'm not going to lie. And – that's why I like you all. So he was having fun with the uh, with with the uh, press today, talking about his size, talking about what he's going to be growing into. Um, so looking forward to seeing Najee being the team leader this year, guys. It's not going to be the quarterback. I don't think the quarterback is going to be the team leader on the offense for the next three years. This is Najee's team now. And I love the guy. I think he was the absolute perfect Perfect guy to bring in. Another interesting point. 
Steeler Nation, that I want to make here before getting back to you on your show. Former Kansas State offensive lineman B.J. Finney is now officially retired from football. Great player, great backup for us, was able to play just about every single position on the offensive line, coming in and subbing out incredibly, incredibly well for us. Um, Great, great piece in Swiss Army Knife to be able to have the Steelers only have to carry eight offensive linemen for, for regular season games. Big, big win there. But unfortunately, he is getting on with his life's work. And he was drafted just about the same time. or came in the league just about the same time as to it. He, uh, it was, looks like he is retiring due to, he is medically retired from the NFL. So something has happened medically that he cannot continue his career. Get healthy. Your life is more important. Your health is more important than anything else, man. And thank you for your service to the Steelers as well, BJ. Uh, congratulations to you on your retirement. And good luck to you on getting on with your life's work. So that was the last thing I had to get to, at least for the stuff on my phone that I always grabbed and made sure we are we have um, and we, we keep in touch with there. Now I got to figure out where I left off here. Ba, 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 ba. There we go, Robert, coming back to you. Are the guys behind Najee good enough, or do you think the Steelers need to get a better second running back? Guys behind Najee are guys. They have been, they're now veterans, third-year vets that really haven't shown me a thing. Uh, Snell, I was higher on, hoping he'd be able to contribute more. He regressed last season. I thought he was going to be able to be like that bell cow backup to be able to come in and plug him in and just to feed him the ball. He's not that guy. He's just not. Does not run with good vision. Plows into the line. Doesn't get us. Sometimes he can crank out some yards, but not big. Uh, he's not like Najee bouncing off of people, carrying people, spinning people, throwing people to the ground with one hand and getting around two people. That two people spin move, pushing one guy into another and ripping off eight yards was one of the best runs I've ever seen by a Pittsburgh Steeler running back, period. That's Najee Harris. Snell's not that guy. Snell is a, give him the ball, put his head down. Now we have better blockers. He may be better in this offense just with our better blockers on the interior because he should only be utilized in between the tackles, preferably, in my opinion, between the guards. Because that's where his benefit is to this team. He should never be throwing the football. And that's what I got pissed off last year when they kept throwing him the ball and he kept doing dumb things with it. On the contrast with the other guy is McFarland. He's got all the talent in the world. This is a guy that's fast as hell. This is a guy that can catch the football and rip off and make plays with his feet after he has the ball in space. Only problem with McFarland is he's not he's not healthy. Guy can't stay healthy to save his life so far. So you've got two question marks on a roster, and you got to ask, are those two question marks as good as any running back option? that we could currently bring onto this team right now. And, you know, there's some good ones out there. I know we've talked about Johnson uh, on past shows, and I'm all for uh, bringing David Johnson onto the team. Um, Latavius Murray's out there, too. I'm just going down through the list right now. Kellen Balazs is still a free agent. I mean, I don't expect anything from him. I don't think he'd help us out at all. Le'Veon Bell, still 
a free agent. I would not be upset to bring back Le'Veon Bell in the capacity to be a backup. I wouldn't. Because I don't think he was a locker room problem. His problem was being paid. And his only problem was listening to the wrong information and getting the wrong information and never returning to the Steelers to play at all that year to show his value to get paid in free agency. And he never recouped that money that he did not get paid by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hindsight's 2020. He still maintained good relationships with the players on our team, never threw the coach or front office under the bus. He just wanted to be paid and he expected to be paid. Yeah, that might run blue collar workers like ourselves the wrong way. When we hear somebody making millions, like why would you not make a guaranteed 15 million that year when just sit on your butt doing nothing? Rapping, riding jet skis. <laughs> what else is he doing that? He's doing crazy stuff that year. But definitely not being in shape, definitely not being in football playing shape. I think that also factored into a reason why he didn't come back when he was considering coming back. And he was in Pittsburgh that last week, which was his last week being able to come back. And then obviously somebody gave him bad information and he did not come back. But I'd like to have him back too. And so would George. Hey, honey, how you doing? My, my daughter has a Le'Veon Bell jersey. Come on. Come in. I know who's playing. Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, that's what you also play. I knew who's playing Le'Veon Bell. And she used to be toddling through the room. I know who's playing Le'Veon Bell. I knew who's playing Le'Veon Bell. I know who's playing Le'Veon Bell. High five for Bell. Hopefully we can have him back sometime soon. Awesome. Yeah, we cut the cord. I cut the, I'm one of the early people that cut the cord. The last time I was on a service was the Tim Tebow year. And I was one of the few people that knew. Tim Tebow could play that season. And some of you guys are still lamenting the fact that we lost to Tim Tebow in the playoffs. It looked like every single game I watched Denver play that year. And I watched probably about 12 or 13 games that season. I just loved the way that that team played that year. I'm also a huge um, Dawkins fan. He's one of my all-time favorite safeties to ever play in the league. He used to play for Philly for years. He was on the Denver defense that year and slaughtering that year as well. So I had a great player to watch on defense. I just was just in awe of how like Tim Tebow just found ways to win at ends of games. He did it every game that year. It was insane to watch. Um, but that was the last year I was on the cord since then I've been off and on just streaming stuff and on antenna. And that's the way to go. Cause I keep that money in my pocket so I can go see Steeler games. <laughs> Stay to the Steelers. Who do I think is going to be that third rotational outside linebacker? Well, currently on the roster, we have, I think we just brought, do we just bring Tuzar back? I'm going to go to the roster right now because that's a great question. Tuzar Skipper was the fourth uh, outside linebacker two years ago before he left the team, came back. He can still be in the mix. Uh, Tuska uh, was fourth last year, still working his way up through the roster. But Jannard Avery, in my opinion, will be number three. He was a starter on the Eagles last season. The guy knows how to play. He can tackle. He can get after the quarterback. So I'd say Avery, no question, be a number three rotational just because he has way more starts, way more experience, and it's good starting experience in the league. Was a good player for Cleveland. Eagles traded for him and then let him go. Steelers got him. So, Robert, whoever told you you were entertaining? <laughs> 
my wife, I think, is probably the only person. But that's just in performance in the bedroom. That's probably about it. But, hey, if you can't satisfy him, might as well entertain him. Michael Hall, Pickett versus Rudolph versus Trubisky. I have it at Mitch getting starting. Rudolph and Pickett battle for number two. I think you're pretty much spot on with most of Steeler Nation there, Michael Hall. Cheers to you, man. Don't know what you guys are drinking tonight, but I'm drinking a pickleback. I love dill pickle juice. I've got it mixed with vodka and some bubbly bounce. So good stuff. That keeps me going and keeps me hydrated. George sounds about right. Yep. Michael Hall, bigger jackass is Kuiper. The man has it out for us. Newsflash, Kuiper, we swept your team two times. Don't be salty. Your tight end can't catch from five yards out. Yes, striker. I will keep bringing it up every time. The cross between... Charlie Sheen and Count Dracula. I love that from you, Michael Hall. That is a Michael Hall original. And that is Mel Kuyper. And I get to say that now to my Ravens friends as well. But yeah, he can be as salty as he likes. He's not going to be around much longer. Guy's getting long in the tooth. Even though he has all his hair, he's getting long in the tooth. And he's just a caricature of what he was. Michael Hall should have given us Hall of Fame game this year. Now We've had it last year. Now, we're done because like you only get... One team gets a Hall of Fame game. And we had so many people going into the Hall last year, Michael Hall, your last name, Michael Hall of Fame, that there was no way we weren't going to be at the Hall of Fame game with Shell and Polamalu and Dunn and Cower. Oh, make it. And was it freaking Fanica as well? I think we had five guys going to the Hall from our team last year. There is no way we weren't going to be playing the Hall of Fame game last year. Only two teams get to play. And I'm fine not playing the Hall of Fame game for years. We're the only team that, us and Dallas were the only teams that played four preseason games last year. Everybody else played three. Now we're playing three. Keep it shorter. Keep it sweeter. Because we played more than other teams. That's technically out of contract realm. Because we're still supposed to be playing 20 games. Technically, our players played 21 games last year. Playing the Hall of Fame game. And that's what happens when you play the Hall of Fame game. I don't know if they get paid extra for that game, too. That'd be interesting. Go back to Sudden Death. Yes. Sudden Death is better than any rule we have ever had, Robert. I am 100% fine with Sudden Death. Oh, but it's a coin flip. Whoever wins the toss is going to kick the field goal. Yeah, screw it. I mean, I know you and I disagree. Like, I like the, the original college stuff. I love that lining up at the 25-yard line. Playing four downs. I just think it's exciting as hell. I think it, you know, we're older guys, Robert. I understand we don't like change, but it's great for fantasy. You're going to put up a lot more scores. I definitely say no matter what, if you score a touchdown in the pros, you always go for two. You can't kick after a touchdown in overtime. That helps shorten overtime periods. But who doesn't want to see it go multiple overtime periods like we like we nearly got to see for from freaking uh that Buffalo-Kansas um, City game. And that's the reason why they're talking about changing the overtime rules again. Because you have to have games like that to be like, why Why are these overtime rules so horrible? And they are. They're, they're absolutely disgusting. But I would take sudden death over anything we have had in the NFL in the history of overtime. Because overtime rules in the NFL are the worst overtime rules in all of professional sports. Say it again. NFL overtime rules are the worst overtime rules in all of professional sports. Why? Because it limits itself to ties. For regular season, it makes more ties. I I do stats on this stuff, guys. We had two last season. 
You get higher percentage of time ties when you shorten the amount of time played in overtime and you add the amount of times that players can have the football. If one scores a field goal, the other can score a field goal. Hell, we almost missed the playoffs because of it. With that last game against the Raiders and San Diego. San Chargers. Wherever the hell they're playing. L.A. L.A. Chargers are playing in L.A. L.A. <laughs> Screw the Chargers. But ne nearly knocked us out of the playoffs. A tie would have knocked us out of the playoffs. How crazy was that? I couldn't believe that game. That was an insane, insane game as a Steeler fan. It probably gave me the most anxiety of watching any game in my history. Other than that one Kansas City game that they should have lost on that easy field goal chance to get us into the playoffs like eight years ago, but we didn't make the playoffs because they missed a chip shot field goal. <laughs> like that crap. It's like, ah, just burns you as a fan. NFL overtime, if nobody scores after 10 minutes, should be like college. Keep scoring until indefinite winner happens. Yeah, just keep playing the game normally. Why even go to overtime? If they're tied, just extend it. All right, we're still going. What's going on? Like That's fine, too. I know you hate it. Get over it, old man. Pro progress happens. <laughs> It'd be great for fantasy football, and it would be exciting to watch. But I think that there's ways to tweak it. Right now, too, college just went and destroyed their own overtime rules with that whole freaking, like, okay, if you don't score after the first two overtimes, we're going to have penalty shootout with two-point conversions. That is dumb as shit. That was the dumbest fucking shit I have ever seen. Watching that Penn State overtime game go to penalty shootout on two-point conversions. How do you debase football to being a penalty shootout? It's stupid as hell. Just when they go when they score a touchdown, force them to go for two. That's how you fix the damn rule. That's how you shorten overtimes. Not go straight into penalty shootout. How dumb is that? Yeah, that's what gets me upset, Robert. Not what the way it existed, but the way it exists now. George! I don't see why a team can't have a chance. In my opinion, if a team scores a touchdown in 430, then the other team have a score, a touchdown in 429 to beat them. I doubt they'd exactly take 430. You're talking about like time for the 10 minutes for the overtime period. Well, and it's a little different for... Um, NFL overtime for playoffs because playoffs, you have to have a winner. Regular season, it can go to ties, which is just freaking stupid. And right now, they don't have a rule where if you score a touchdown, the other team can score a touchdown, which I, which is what they're pushing for now from that Kansas City-Buffalo game because nobody wanted that game to end. Nobody. That game was one of the single greatest games I have ever witnessed as a football fan, including Steeler Super Bowls, including Steeler games. That was just the greatest one of the greatest all-time matchups that I ever saw it was like a heavyweight fight the way they were going back and forth and coming back and Josh Allen and, and Mahomes just driving their team and willing their team to score after score after score. What a freaking game to watch. So, like, you felt left down, and that's, that's why overtime sucks. If you feel left down for watching such a great game, then you're like, why is this still not going on? Why is this game over? It means the rules suck. That's why they're talking about changing them. And they suck. Ciao, ciao, dad. Welcome back, man. It's been a while. Uh, what's the word on Kendrick Green? Right now, it sounds like he is competing with Dotson at left guard. 
which definitely makes sense to me. I, I personally think he should be competing with Cole at starting center. But no, they're, they're, he's competing with uh, Dotson at left guard, a position he's never played in the NFL, a position where Dotson is two years up on him at. I don't see him being a starter this year. But if Green is not a starter, he can play either guard positions or center. He's a great Swiss Army knife to be able to plug in at any one of those spots. And that is still value on our team. Like just talking about BJ Finney retiring. That guy had value because he could play every position across the interior offensive line. And that makes it so you only need one backup on the field on game day for interior offensive line because he can snap the football and he can play both guards. So, yeah, yeah, that's basically if I'm going to put a bet on him for this year, I'm going to say he's probably going to be the backup swing interior offensive lineman at all three positions. If an injury happens, he's going to be thrust into starting role, and I think he will do well. I don't think we're going to have a whole lot of fall off with him coming off the field because he's athletic and he's big and he's getting bigger and stronger and learning the game more. But just right now, competing two years behind a guy that was a consensus All-America, All-American at his position at guard, uh, albeit he's playing left guard now in the NFL as opposed to right guard when he played all through college and through high school. Um, when I interviewed him, that's what he told me. Um, but you're not going to supplant a guy that's a two-year starter, essentially. Well, one-year starter. He was a starter for the whole year. Uh, I know that there's been some issues about off-field stuff, and maybe the coaches aren't 100% happy with Dotson. But the guy's a competitor. He's a member of Steeler Nation. His dad is a card-carrying member of Steeler Nation. So, and he wears number 69. So, he's number one in my heart. <laughs> I love I love players that wear number 69, man. They're always fun to hang out with and talk to. Michael Hall, who's Le'Veon Bell? Just like A.B., don't really want him back. He's not A.B. A.B. trash. A.B. sets... The, the, the house on fire. Every place he's left, he has set on fire when he left. Steelers, psh, I'm out. Left at halftime. At least he didn't take off his mink coat when he ran off the field at halftime. Kind of slinked out the door, walked away. Burned down Vegas. L.A., wherever the hell they were playing. Oakland. The whole state of California went up in wildfires when that guy left. Before he played a down for the Raiders. They're never having him back. Tampa Bay. Taking off his clothes. Jumping off the field. They're not having him back. Arians hated him anyway. New England. He pissed off freaking Belichick. Off-field issues. Cut him. You're gone. You're not coming back. We can't go with your bullshit anymore. That's, that's a Belichick way. And that's one thing I respect out of the guy. You want to rock the boat in New England? He's going to send you out in Nantucket Bay. <laughs> you can rock the boat all you want, but it ain't going to be on the field in Foxborough anymore. <laughs> You're going to cast you off in Nantucket Point, send you out there to the Atlantic. <laughs> Fortunately, he ported down in Tampa Bay, won a Super Bowl, more power to him, but he's done. He's done. Screens freezing there. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I, I, I got it back in. <laughs> Bring it back to Mannequin Challenge. Vogue. That was a Vogue. Yeah, I hate it when that stuff happens, but sorry about it. It was all me. That was all me. Now I'm getting back to you. Best part of the show, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Robert, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Accurate. State of the Steelers. You need to do a cast on one of those helmet covers the team used today. 
Those things look hilarious. I didn't see the helmet covers today. My gosh, I was only reading my news. Let me see if I can get a uh, Tory Minicamp uh, pictures here and images from it just to see what these helmet covers look like. Um, nuts. Were they, were, oh, were, are they kind of like those little like, I've seen every once in a while when they play like one team versus another, they like put like, slips over top of the helmet so they look a little different than the other team yeah i don't see any pictures here up yet though showing the uh the helmet covers so i don't know exactly what you're talking about there but i have seen like what we used them back in our school in the mid 90s um and they they did look pretty comical too when we were wearing them um, cause we had, we were, uh, white helmets and we threw these red, like essentially like socks that went over our head, kind of like being like a burglar, pulling it down over your face, like a black sock or nylon, something like that. So if it's something like that, yeah, I, I could see that as being comical. Definitely. Uh, George, I've only been watching the NFL since the late fifties and it is my sport. My team is the Steelers. Awesome. George. That I love getting the old heads on the show. I mean, I, I'm an old head myself, my friend, but I've only been, you know, I've been alive since 74, but I've only been watching the team really since 84. Uh, I didn't get into football until Refrigerator Perry won a Super Bowl. That's really the only, the first Super Bowl I ever watched. I did watch the 79 Super Bowl. Um, wasn't into it because I was a kid. I was more excited about mushroom pizza that day and hearing my dad learning a lot of my swear words from my dad swearing at Bradshaw turning the ball over so much in the first half. I did remember that. <laughs> and then when I finally got to rewatch the game 20 years later, I'm like, oh, now I see why dad was swearing. <laughs> so, but yeah, I wish I got to really enjoy the 70s the way you guys did, but I've, I only got to enjoy the 70s as a rebroadcast. <clears throat> Michael Hall, there was a college game I watched, ended after nine over. Yeah, that was the game I was talking about. That was the worst. And it's not over at that point, like it was a penalty shootout. It was like one team gets the ball, you get a two-point conversion. The other team gets the ball, you get the two-point conversion, we're going to go another inning. It was It's the dumbest thing ever in football. To base football down to two-point conversions is the worst. You might as well just kick extra points until somebody misses. That's how dumb it is. Or go to the NBA and have the game end in free throw shots. One team takes a free throw. If they make it, the other team takes a free throw. If they miss it, the other team makes the free throw, they win it. That's what they did with overtime rules. That's why it's dumb. Because <laughs> nobody wants to see a game end on one of the dumbest plays in football, the two-point conversion. Two-point conversions, yeah, they're, they're exciting after a touchdown normally when there's stakes to play, but when you're doing it to decide the game, I mean, I can see, you know, soccer fans, NHL fans, yeah, you kind of get upset about, and your points with penalty shootouts at the end of games, you got to end a game eventually. In soccer, you don't freaking score in that game no matter what. So, like, you got to figure out a way, way to end that game anyway. Maybe have the goalie be able to come up a little farther on the line and not have to stand on the freaking goal line in, in soccer to make it more of a chance of being able to stop the ball. That might help it out a little bit. But I think it's very fair for hockey. I think there's goalies that are built to stop breakaways. And it's exciting to watch. You got a good goalie and you got good shooters. It makes for very, very exciting uh, overtimes for NHL. And I'm glad that they figured out a way to get rid of ties, essentially, in the NHL as well. Um, but at least they do it right for the playoffs. You keep playing until there's a winner.
for football, come on. You can't end a game on one of the dumbest plays ever. We'll keep kicking off the ball until somebody doesn't get the ball in the end zone on a kickoff. It's like that would be the only thing I can think of dumber than what they have now. That and kick extra points until somebody misses. Those are the two ways. The only two ways football could end dumber than on two-point conversions. (laughs) And that doesn't shoot well for what you have for deciding the winning and losing teams in football games. George, I was just thinking for NFL playoff overtime. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. Um, Michael Hall, last couple Steelers season games when it was close and down to the wire, uh, age about 40 years, (laughs) and I look in the mirror, gray hair, plus me in the games like that. Makes me want to pass out every play. There's a reason, guys, why my my beard is gray now instead of black. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers, 2017. That was a big year. Mm. George, I was there through above from the late 50s to the early 70s. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. And, yes, I aged fast. Fast and furious, and I hope you enjoyed every day of your youth, my friend. I'm still trying to extend my enjoyable days as long as I can, keeping my health up, eating right. People are like, how do you enjoy life, Striker, if you can't eat sugar? How do you enjoy life if you can't eat a hamburger? Well, shit, I can run. I still play semi-pro hockey. Highest league hockey I can play right now in the uh, the adult leagues around here. I still, you know, I'm, I'm tired. I'm achy and I'm sore today. I played two games last night. I let up 16 goals in two games. I'm a goalie. 16 games, goals in two games. Won them both. Nine to eight and 10 to eight. <laughs> it's the most goals I've ever let up in a two-game stretch in a, in a single day. But I won them both. So I don't care if I let up 200 goals in a game. As long as we win two, 201 to 200, I'm a whore for the Ws. Absolute whore for the Ws. Michael Hall, Striker, this will be my forever outro. A toast to you and this perfect and fun vidcast every week. And a toast to me, Kuiper, and however much time he has left in the NFL. And a toast to Baltimore always sucking. Cheers, Michael Hall. And that is where I'm going to end the vidcast. Guys, you can keep a couple comments coming in here through. While I'm doing this, watch and enjoy Michael Hall's incredible toast. Cheers to you, Michael Hall. For that Michael Hall of Fame toast. Steeler Nation, be sure to come down. Check us out. Our sponsors at tseshop.com. Be sure you follow them on Twitter at Total Sports ENT to get free signed jerseys. They're giving away about one a week, guys. They always have something cool that they're giving away on, t- on Total Sports Enterprises. So make sure you're a part of that. Otherwise, go and buy something from their store. They got plenty of stuff, affordable options, tseshop.com. Check them out. Check out great Pittsburgh content at steelernation.com. We're killing it, guys. We're getting 2 million hits a month now, and we're still in the offseason. We started hitting a million hits a month after the season ended. We are blowing up, and it's all thanks to you, Steeler Nation. Come to steelernation.com. Read our great articles. Join the forum. That is where we get all our questions for the podcast. So join it today. The thread is already up there. Striker, I list there as Striker. I'm easy to find. Um, jump on there. Ask your questions. Cooley does an awesome job of giving me questions every week that I get to think about and get fun answers to. So be part of the fun. It is your show. It is your podcast. And can't wait to hear from you guys.
Tweet us at Steeler Nation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Follow the Steeler Nation podcast on Twitter at underscore SN Podcast or Instagram Steeler Nation Podcast. And you can follow me at SN Striker on the platforms. Going to be starting TikTok here soon, so that'll be a little fun. Uh, thanks for joining us on the Steeler Nation vidcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises, part of the Big Play Podcast Network. Cooley for NFL Commish. Maybe maybe for Steeler Nation Commish. Let's see if we can get you above all those other admins, Cooley. <laughs> I, I can vote for you on that one. <laughs> it's all thanks to my brilliant posts. <laughs> I can't enjoy it. Always enjoy your stuff too, Cooley. And thanks too, man. Love talking to you, brother. Always love talking to you. I'm your host, G Striker. Rooting along with you always, Steeler Nation. Michael Hall, Robert C. George, welcome to the show. Michael Hall of Fame. Go Steelers!